This is the Game Theory Podcast, Episode 5, Grind, with Brian Fife, Jim Fingle, and Tom Westberg. Good evening. Sorry for being late. I was over walking the dogs and talking to the neighbor. So we're going to talk about Grind today. Are we supposed to introduce ourselves? Yeah, we're supposed to, we're supposed to introduce ourselves. Who are you, anyway? Oh, hi there. I'm Fingle. <laughs> Just say it again, because I think you dropped out. <laughs> oh, hi there. I'm Jim Fingle. And I'm Brian Fife. Hello. I'm Tom Westberg. That's a nice, sultry voice. You know, if, you, if you're not going to take this seriously, you can just go talk to your neighbor again. Oh, really? So the hi there was taking it seriously. All right. Okay. I declare double standard. There. Now <laughs> we know what your voice sounds like, Tom Westberg. So we're talking about grind today. Yeah. Can we can we define our terms? Because I have a sense of what, what grind is, but there are some edge cases that I don't know whether or not they count as grind. I think that's what makes the whole the whole thing interesting. But grinding is a is a pretty well accepted term in gaming, and I'm going to start out, and then I'll let you guys elaborate. But grinding is a term that describes the act of doing something you don't want to do in order to usually get an achievement or get an item. It's sort of most common or most widely popularized in MMOs, where you typically have to either kill a bunch of things to get enough money to do something or enough materials to craft something. If you're grinding your way to level 20 in crafting, you have to make 300 copper belt buckles in order to get the skill to move forward. Is that that a good start? What do you guys think? When I think of grinding, there's an association that it's something that is not particularly fun or requires a lot of skill in and of itself. So what I don't know is... Does grinding always refer to something outside of like a main storyline? Can there be like a requirement to do something that that is characterized as grind in order to fulfill part of the storyline, or is grinding uh, generally referred to the the sort of extra activity that almost everyone does in games that do this repetitive activity in order to to somehow get an advantage or uh, level up your character? So must it must it can it be an integral part of the game or must it be ancillary? I guess is is the question. Well, I hear what you're saying. I think you know, in the vernacular, grinding has expanded to almost be a synonym for leveling sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the usage that we're interested in talking about. I guess it could be could be interesting to think about you know, what makes people think grinding your way to level sixty in World of Warcraft is a chore as opposed to the game. I think where we want to start this discussion is talk about instances where games have either ancillary grinds or grinds that are necessitated only because you're trying to min-max something, mm-hmm. and then kind of expand outward from there. Okay. So, Tom, you, you had an interesting, I think it was a forum post that you were referring to as we were, we were thinking about this topic. Right. The uh, a metaphor often used for grinding, and by the way, I think grinding is almost by its term it, uh, is is considered to be a negative, a pejorative aspect of, of of gameplay. The metaphor used was the grind is is the carrot on a stick in front of the in front of the donkey, where the the player is is the donkey going down the road, and normally 
that carrot is what's supposed to be fun. It's the goal of the game, or at least the, the most immediate goal in front of you. It's a grind when you see the, the, the string holding it up and you, you recognize that you're just being manipulated to, to do one thing or another for the game designer's purposes. In some cases, I think largely in the case of MMOs, they do it because they just want to stretch it out so they can keep getting your monthly subscription. In the case of games that are single-player or semi-multiplayer, like, say, Diablo, I'm not really sure why it becomes... I think I think it's, it's more they want to establish some really serious value for the hardcore players so that they feel that because they were able to, to get the Stone of Destiny to add to such and such, that th- that proves something um, about them versus the rabble. Uh, so it's, it's not just keep you in the game. It's also a um, marker that, that you're hardcore. WoW is, is often what people associate with, with grind, but I guess having only played that a bit, I mean, when I think about, I guess, the tenets of, of grinding, I think about how, how long I played some of the Final Fantasy games growing up and so the sort of levels to which I, I would go on you know, my fifth playthrough in the game to, to, to get my characters with all 99 stats and the best possible gear in order to destroy the last boss within, within minutes. There is an interesting, I guess, divergence there in the, the grinding itself is the activity is probably similar, but the the goals or the reward is different. Whereas in that, I think, as, as Tom said, you, you get the reward of, of being hardcore and you sort of get bragging rights. Whereas in other games, you grind so that you can have domination of over other players. <laughs> you, you mentioned previously, Jim, the whole idea of the skulls in Halo. Can you talk about what those are? Well, yeah, the skulls in Halo are, they're these objects that are hidden in extremely tucked away parts of, of the map. Uh, most often places that the players would, would never get near. And it's, uh, you're, once you get them, it active, I think it activates, uh, some like cheat modes that you can turn on and off. Though, though for that, that I mean, that seems like you don't really grind in order to to get those. I mean, you you may have to explore the entire map and go over it with a fine tooth comb. But I guess while the time needed to to do that, that you have to spend in order to to find the skulls, assuming you don't just look up where they are. W- might approach the, the time he's been grinding things. It, it doesn't feel like the, the same activity. Well, I, I wanted to use that as a counterpoint because that seems like a really interesting extra feature they built into the game. Where, yeah, similar like, to the stars in Braid that most players don't know that they exist. I only found out they exist, existed more than a year after <laughs> I played and saw it on a, a YouTube video. But that sort of perfectionism can definitely take people into something that's going to feel like a grind. Um, the, a lot of the platform games, the Mario games, uh, a lot of the rare games, uh, such as Banjo-Kazooie and so forth, you, you would have 
a certain number of coins you would need to find or stars or puzzle pieces on every level and there would be special ones that were hidden and the completist would just be obsessive about trying to go through this and and be able to get every single part of the game as opposed to just playing through the game, seeing every level and and completing every level. Achievements actually take that to another uh, level beyond. I don't know that that's... Those are single-player games. I don't think that's necessarily just because they want to make people feel they got their money's worth. I think there are people that that's going to tickle, and they would feel betrayed if the, the game was just a simple, complete all the levels in the game and you're done. If they could crack it open, yeah, with ease, there wouldn't be any fun. Right. Because these examples exist in gaming, and we all acknowledge that they're good things, people have sort of viewed it as something that they have to build into games. And I think that's kind of degenerated into the whole side quest concept. Well, yeah, I think that's what you... We we had a discussion before about how... I think there was a disagreement where (laughs) I think you... Characterize that as every game wanting to be your best friend. Games where side quests are not really fundamentally part of any experience, but thrown in there in order to either extend the playtime of the game or sort of clumsily appeal to that that part of, of certain gamers who are who are completists. We can probably acknowledge that there's at least a certain body of these things that are thrown into games that don't actually add any new dimension to the gameplay. They don't actually add anything, and they're, they're simply roadblocks to allow you to burn more hours on a game. Well, on some level, do any of them really add anything to gameplay? So the gameplay is jumping on mushrooms or bouncing on a certain series of things higher and higher so that you can hit stars, or hitting that elevator that's moving at exactly the right time, Things like that. That is the fundamental gameplay for a, a platformer. And that's all of the game mechanics. But they add on to that specific goals. And one simple goal is complete a level, complete the next level, complete the next level. Because that's considered too simple, they add lots of sub goals other than the stars, getting the coins, getting that, uh, the puzzle pieces and such that I don't know whether it's a good thing or not. I have a hard time believing that these these side things are bad in and of themselves. The failure, ultimately, is when jumping on mushrooms is no longer fun, or when you either feel just frustrated because it feels unfair uh, as you, you try to hit that elevator, or you're bored because you, you've done it over and over and over and nothing feels new again. Have you guys read the the article that I linked earlier called Beyond Skill from Tobald? Yeah. Yes. And so I, I really like what he talks about. So the premise of the article is why MMOs aren't fun. What he talks about is the fact that from WoW clone to WoW clone, the gameplay mechanics don't change at all. And so imagine, you know, 30 different Mario games in different coats, different costumes. 
that all effectively have you, you know, jumping on turtle shells and throwing fireballs and doing all these things. I, I submit that there are 30 different Mario clones having you jump on shells. Well, there are. I mean, but, you know, the, the thing is, a game like Sonic, right, introduces different skills. There are different gameplays, elements, even though the general concept of the games are similar, right? Yes. And, and so that's kind of an innovation that's really positive. But I think where grind comes in is by introducing these meta elements, if that's a real word that I can use, you have this illusion that you're doing something different. Yeah, you're, you're doing something different by reaching some sort of milestone, uh, but not actually doing something different in what you're doing in the game. Yeah, you have, and then that's, that's really where grind comes you know, in its most basic sense. Grind is, I'm going to kill 500 of these things to get a higher level, or I'm going to kill 1,000 of these in hopes, you know, the worst one is like in hopes of getting some random drop. And, <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the thing that I'm so conflicted about, like you talked about the Final Fantasy example, when you get to 99 slash 99, the game's not really fun anymore. Nothing about the game is fun anymore. You have this brief little glimmer of satisfaction for having something that's really awesome. <laughs> Well, it's it. Yeah, the, you have satisfaction in having done that, but the the game itself doesn't have mechanics to have the ending be fifty times more awesome because you did that. Also, you know, when we talk about achievements, where there are lots of achievements that either force Left 4 Dead is pretty good at this, right? Looking at the list of achievements, it basically walks you through how to become a better player. How to become a better player, or how to, when achievements work, they are having you play the game in a way that you would you would never play it or use weapons that you wouldn't use because they're they're like not optimal. Yeah, you, you get cre- and you get you get credit for it. I think of uh, Angband or whatever. Like you know, you die and you you were a vegan. <laughs> Congratulations, you were a vegan. It, it notices that you did something that was above and beyond the call. Uh, well, it, but it, the, but the ones I'm I'm thinking of are also I feel they feel different feel different from grinding because it's actually it's forcing you to learn new skills, forcing you to learn how to get get through the level with only punching people or using six bullets or or things like that. Yeah, I think you could argue you know, one of my favorites is the best name ever, like Kimbo Assassin, right? In Left 4 Dead, where you beat a level using only your pistols, mm-hmm. and because the game is so much effing harder. You have to do things differently, you know, maybe use cover better or work on your pacing, and this is generally a good thing. Like, there, even if you don't get better at firing the pistol, there are other elements of the game that you have to step up in order to achieve this. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like a tutorial level. <laughs> yeah. But I would point out throughout that, the underlying gameplay of, a, of something with, like Left 4 Dead with its achievements is still the same, and it's still fun. It's still startling to have the zombies leap in on you, and it, it, while the achievements may emphasize motion or cover, and as you say, they're making you better at the game, they're still making you better at doing what the game is about. They're not taking you off to go open a lemonade stand and uh, be able to get better at selling lemonade uh, in the face of lots of zombies. The, the game is what it is, and it's not embarrassed about that. And it's, and it's you know, always fun, right? The, I, I thought about this in the context of World of Tanks. Because although I have to, air quotes, grind 
my way to, well, you have to, air quotes, grind your way to a KV-1. Yes. The, the journey is also fun. And there are one or two tanks that you have to play that are what I call penance tanks, where you have to sort of just, just duck your head and get through it. There aren't that many of them, and they usually sort of weed out the... This is an interesting concept I'm introducing here. Weed out the weak and make sure that only the worthy get access to this higher level tank. Yes, well that's part of the that's that's part of the whole underlying goal of a grind in in something like Diablo or World of Tanks. You're demonstrating that you're a long-term player. Yeah. And you know, hopefully <laughs> the thing to me about the concept of grind is that it implies that there's no possibility for failure. Well, that's the, like the the workification idea that it, it's it's sort of translating a like a, a, a spiky like chance filled process in, into one in which you're sort of getting predictable returns from time spent. <laughs> the, the workification. This is another Tobolds article. The workification. He wrote it in response to Diablo three, where he said all the fun of the lottery has been taken out of the game because the auction house is so superior in any circumstance. That's a really valid concept to bring in, but it's it's even different from that where if I need to get 10,000 pieces of rune cloth to advance my, my crafting skill, right? Like, there's no way that I'm not going to be a good enough player to get that. <laughs> it's just a matter of me spending the time to do it. And some people can do it faster than others, but... I don't know if I want to say this. I think it's one of the things about MMOs is that often there really is very little challenge or you don't have to be challenged. The same is true for World of Tanks where you know I can limp along getting 100 experience per, per battle and I'll eventually get the, the best things that I need to get. There's no way to fail. Uh, well, those are two very different experiences. In World of Tanks, you can play incompetently or at a very average level such as I do and be carried along by your team. As, as long as you, you know, don't do really, really stupid things, you're probably not going to hurt your team badly, and you'll get something on one side or the other of a 50% win rate because one person in a team is not that important and the overall balance is set well by the computer. In something like World of Warcraft, I agree that it isn't that hard for some things, but there are high-level raids in the end game which absolutely require people to pay attention. And even after they nerf them, they still are hard for the lower-performing players to make it through. The people who otherwise would never consider studying up and learning the dance steps and such... And they eventually get through such those high-level dungeons, but they only really do it because Blizzard nerfs the dungeon because they've added newer content for the hardcore people. Well, you're, you're speaking exactly to my point, which is the whole idea of, like, don't think that because you got to level 60, you're a good player. There are a lot of people that sort of think, uh, aha, I just hit the le- I'm sorry that I'm in my, my dotage. I'm using level 60 as the level cap for right. World of Warcraft. But it, treat yep. it as a placeholder. <laughs> the other people will all say, yeah, in my day, you were able to lose levels if you were not playing well. Uh, and it was not a foregone conclusion 
that yeah. huge time would level you. There sort of became a problem at a certain point in the game's arc, right? Where you had these people that were getting to level cap and they had never played in a group, period. And so there were all these facets of their character they'd never even explored. Those of us that sort of went through the more traditional routes or, you know, played and did instances and everything, it was sort of shocking. They had such peripheral blindness about how to play. To me, early Warcraft grind was, say, the faction grind you had to do to get up into winter spring. There was a particular, you couldn't go through a tunnel until you had become friendly with a particular faction of, I don't even remember the, the, the creature types, but they were at war with another type. So as long as you killed enough of these other guys, you would every time you killed one of their enemy, they would be slightly happier with you. And there was a section in which people were just constantly running, I guess, almost raids to share the, the faction increase just to be able to get through that stupid tunnel. And they eventually pulled that out. I think that was a good decision. We talked about this before, the real cruel joke of World of Warcraft. You're like, whew, I've reached a level cap. Wow, this is amazing. I'm so good at this game. Okay, I've done it. Like, hooray. And then they're like, well, actually, if you want to go into this dungeon with us, you have to have this kind of faction with this place to get this item. And so you're really looking at another 100 hours of doing the And it, at that point, right, Tom, it's not even I'm moving from zone to zone and I'm leveling my character and I'm getting skill upgrades. It's sort of now go do the same thing 100 or 200 or 500 times for a period of multiple days or whatever it is. And then we'll give you a prize. Yes, and, and they've even institutionalized it a little bit with daily quests that you know you're going to be able to you're going to do, be able to do over and over. But they don't want to allow you, so they're they're actually making it harder to grind. You may not grind too fast. Isn't that nice of them? That you may only re-execute the quest after midnight. What they did was they made certain grinds accelerated, but then they limited your ability to do more than a certain number of them. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that we're not arguing that World of Warcraft is entirely a grind, though it seems like there, there are skill aspects within endgame content, and yet it can still be a grind if it, you're, you're sort of building up skill to, to follow an exact script that you need to do the same things over and over again over the course of, of 40 minutes in order to, to, to beat it. You know, as as kind of Tom said right at the beginning of our discussion, like the single most offensive thing about grind, about this concept of grind, is that a, a game developer can create a challenge, air quotes, or even generate money with a few types of a keyboard by making a one in one thousand drop someplace, and immediately shift the behavior of a lot of players to doing something stupid, <laughs> and it's all endorphins or something. Yeah, to me, the, the the way that I think about this is in this five minutes, like 500 hours dichotomy, which is you take a sample of five minutes of your game activity and look at what sort of experience that gives you. And then you take a sample of having played the game for 500 hours where where you have traveled in that time. <laughs> if you play chess or StarCraft or Counter-Strike for, for 500 hours, I guess I would argue you end up in a in a different place than if you're playing World of Warcraft for 500 hours. That's a really good point. I'm glad you're speaking to that. Yeah, higher plane of existence. StarCraft, I'll definitely believe it. But that's why I have trouble sometimes with games like Borderlands, which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite games to pick on, even though it's a very nice game, or games like Torchlight, 
Them's fighting words. Yeah, well, no, but you, but you can play again and again and again, and not clear where playing Borderlands over and over again really gets you at the end of the road. Like, how do you decide when it's time to stop playing? How, how do you decide when it's time to stop playing Angry Birds? And it doesn't actually have any significant rewards that I know of in terms of power-ups or drops that, that get you there. It's just you're beating those damn pigs. Yeah, I think in games like Torchlight or games like Borderlands, there's always sort of this allure of a more powerful weapon that can can draw you forward despite yourself. But I'm not sure we're talking about grind. The allure of the more powerful weapon and grind sort of connect in, in this this idea that what you're looking for is in some ways a gold star <laughs> for having having done something rather than the experience itself. Yeah, when it's all been magnified with achievements and stuff. I wanted to talk about grind maybe is not so bad. I linked to an article called Comfort Grind. This was on uh, Massively, written by Kyle Horner, talking about how he found the rhythm of gameplay in Borderlands very soothing. I also begged and pleaded that you all play Jetpack Joyride, if you haven't yet. Have you guys played that game or not? No. <clears throat> no. First of all, you both disgust me. Second of all, I mean, the thing about Jetpack Joyride that I find interesting is that it takes a classic arcade game with a high score. There's this game, right, where you fly a jetpack, and it's it's a simple, I don't know what the name of the genre is, but it's like a tunnel game where you, you're trying to maintain the right altitude as you're moving in a side-scroll environment, and there are lots of hazards. The longer you go, the higher your score gets, right? Period. So all of us can play a game like that. You know, Tom made some interesting comments before, which we're not going to get into again because I think it's a can of worms, but that those games aren't fun anymore. That, that a simple gameplay mechanic with a high score isn't necessarily compelling to a modern gamer. Would you, would you say that was your statement? I do think uh, we've come to expect other things, yes. I'm not sure you're right. What they've done with this game is they've added on these elements... At any given time, you have three mini-achievements that you're trying to get, whether it's high-five 50 scientists or whether it's fly in the middle without landing or touching the ceiling for a certain distance. They have a bunch of different things. Once you've saturated your ability to get like a high score, once you've sort of you know, gotten to kind of your, your plateau as far as a skill development, right? Mm-hmm. They introduce this concept of, well, instead of playing for distance, now I'm playing to advance the little achievements. And it is, I think, we could safely say a grind. It is just a way to kill time. But this is an iPhone game. It seems like you're describing a skill challenge rather than like something with the characteristics of a grind that, that we've talked about before where you don't have a chance of, of losing. Having not played Jetpack Joyride, I can't say this for certain, but it seems like it's maybe difficult to high-five those scientists. Is it a skill challenge, Tom, or is it more of just mostly achievable by most people in most situations? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I would say that they are. I would say that they're, they're relatively simple things. And the, the fact is, after you play through once, they don't introduce new, harder challenges. Very much say the same. But what it does is it's a way to maintain engagement with this game and to advance your character status, even though nobody cares. But also it's, keep it's, in mind, it's, it's an iPhone game, it's or it's a mobile game. It's something you can be playing on the subway while you're waiting for, for your stop. And the controls are easy. 
and you don't invest a great deal of your inte- your attention into to the game, that's somewhat different from the the large screen computer games where you're sitting down more more similar to I'm ready to watch a TV show or completely completely be absorbed in a in a game like World of Warcraft or Call of Duty. Yeah, that, that it's perfect for an iPhone game because it keeps engaged keeps you engaged with the game. And, and all you're really trying to do is kill time and generally not be too distracted or too invested in the game. You're trying to advance your, yourself through space time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, so that's a good thing. And, and that's kind of where I relate to what the author here said in this comfort grind. It's like sometimes you want that, and that's a, that's a good experience. Something that, that, Tom, you and I both went through, and I don't know if this is relevant. You can, you can tell me it's, it's silly. But something that you and I both went through after we had played World of Warcraft for a while was <laughs> it got hard to play other games for a period of time because we weren't getting credit for it. Is that correct? Yes. I, 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 felt it, it, we, I think one or the other of us uh, expressed that, that if, it, what, if we played a game and the world didn't change so that our friends could see it, it's like it didn't happen. Playing a single-player game was in some way less real because you were, even though, of course, the world never changes around you. You stop the assassination attempt of the king or whatever and leave and somebody else is coming up behind you to stop the assassination <laughs> attempt of the king. That's fine and everybody understands that's the way things are going. But your character absolutely is changing of course your character can change in a single player game like oblivion but it's only changing to you it isn't you're 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 not forced to keep up with your friends or demonstrate to your friends that you've been sneaking in extra time and and are slightly ahead those those sorts of things actually felt very different as (laughs) being part of an mmo well, yeah, welcome to my generation's experience of the Internet and existence. <laughs> yeah, and, and all the achievementification of everything, right? You, you were talking earlier about how... The party didn't happen if the picture's on our Facebook. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> and I, I feel this with World of Tanks sometimes, where you know I could play a game that would, might be entertaining to me, but if I play World of Tanks, the net worth, the fake net worth of my character will have been advanced. Now, are you are you a bad person because of that, or are are the game designers a bad person for making you feel like that? Well, that's another. We are going to have another discussion about free to play games, and both the the sinister and the the lovely side of that. Um, do you blame the victim, or do you do you blame the perpetrators of of the the crime? <laughs> I blame the game designers. Uh, I linked to Captured Firefly, which was a. Tom, do you want to explain it? No. <laughs> I want to say as far away from that fucking thing as possible. Oh, that one I missed. I didn't read that one. Sorry. That's something that's like a one in you. You grind it for a year, and you're you're not guaranteed to get it. That that was what one of the what one of the comment commentators said. It was in one of the, boy. I've I've not played this game in a long time. It was in the second expansion to World. What's the one where they had all the different dimensions and the shattered land and all that stuff? World of Walking. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Burning Crusade. Burning Crusade. So it was part of Burning Crusade in the Swamplands. There are a bunch of Firefly mobs 
and uh, which are monsters, the little fireflies, you know, in the swamp. And if, if you if you killed a lot of them, th- there was a chance to get a firefly pet that would follow you around. And so I think if you went to that area to this day, you would probably find somebody running around killing fireflies for no comprehensible reason, other than that they want to get this drop. And it's an awesome thing, you know. I admit every time I was in that area, I would usually kill a few fireflies just to see if I was lucky. Yep, here's a, a comment on that list you had. Uh, this pet only drops from bog flare needlers. I killed 400 over the course of two days and was starting to get frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I is went out like... <laughs> to Zanger Marsh today and got it on the second kill. Happy face. Good luck to everyone. So the guy was uh, incredibly unhappy, but now that he's gotten it, he's now, of course, spreading the you've got to have it because I do. Well, and there's, you know, there's bog fire needlers and there's bog fire needlers. I mean, there's like 15 different types of, of firefly, and so you could be doing it wrong. You could be killing the wrong ones. That was not a lot of game design, let's say, to build. And yet it is a, if you, if you map time, you know, it's a giant kind of black hole cone warp in that little region of the game where, where they built that. And, and again, the only thing stopping them from doing this all the time is that, that we might see the string if they're, they're, they're too liberal with, with the application of these tricks. Yeah, I mean, so are they tricks? Are they mini-games? Going after the talking, was it talking duck or whatever? In um, in the original game, um, catch you are in Final Fantasy three. That you are special because you happen to know about this little extra game. You uh, worked hard at it, so when you get the pet, you're able to show it off to friends, and then the friends want to have it too. I don't see those things as particularly bad, grindy things. But, of course, grind is in the eye of the beholder. Something that occurred to me when I was thinking about my experience with with Final Fantasy grinding versus my distaste for it now is that when I was originally playing Final Fantasy III, I basically was probably in junior high or, or thereabouts and wanted to play games all the time, but, like, Steam didn't exist and I didn't have a backlog of of 30 games that I was waiting to get to. It was basically my collections of, of games and every maybe six months uh, a game that, that I wanted to play would, would come out. So it actually fulfilled a real, I guess, gap <laughs> that the ecosystem, there there weren't game experiences, fundamentally new game experiences to be had, uh, at least what I had access to. Being able to have this challenge in Final Fantasy three satisfied that that desire for for gaming whereas today i feel like i did i have a backlog of 30 games i want to play in steam or a backlog of five uh different xbox games and maybe that's it's a combination of increased resources from when i was 12 uh but also the state of the industry and the number of years that the games have been made and, and and whatnot that different like position in in sort of life in the ecosystem has made me see the string much quicker and see it as like a real impediment to to me maximizing my experience as a gamer well we've we've talked about this idea before and i think there's been a groundswell of commentary along these lines in the gaming talking about gaming community where people are kind of saying 
give me a streamlined way to beat the game so I can enjoy the game and then move on with my life. I mean, one of the things that I was thinking about as as we were talking about this stuff and I was trying to get off of World of Warcraft was uh, one of my favorite games, I've said this before, is Dawn of War, the, the RTS series. One of the reasons for that is because of the way... I thought you were saying one of your favorite games was God of War. And I thought that... <laughs> you thought you were having a stroke, I know. <laughs> like that point where you press the buttons and, and like the slave girls moan. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like a good time. But the... Um, is, that a real, is that a real thing? Yeah, of course. Wow. <laughs> Just give enough time that they'll do everything. So... Dawn of War, uh, Dawn of War 2, whatever the, the game is called. Yeah. I loved it because the way that losers like me play RTS games is we sort of turtle in a corner and extract pretty much all the resources we can possibly extract and like build a carpet of the, the, the baddest things we can possibly make and send it slowly creeping over to the enemy's base and just devour it. And if any of us have ever watched competitive RTS gameplay, that's not how the game is played. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually it is, but it's, it's done at a much more accelerated level, and the coordination of that carpet is is unbelievable. Yeah, that's... I remember my first like experience I, playing StarCraft II like that and learning what a hydralisk rush was. <laughs> yeah. The first time I was in Korea, like I, I, I had to see for myself. Turn on a TV in the hotel, boom, there's a StarCraft channel. Wait, there's another StarCraft channel. <laughs> it was amazing. Maybe it was Warcraft 3. Anyway, the, the point is, there are some game types that cause you to fall. There are some game types that cause you to fall into a grind despite the game designer's best intentions. Would you guys agree with that or disagree with that? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the idea of the, the, of the intentions of, of the designer is, like, that becomes an interesting thing, right? Because in, like, literary criticism... You know, when you're critiquing an author's work, actually, like the author's intention is usually secondary to the artifact that they've created. That's the you know death of the author and, and all that whatnot. So, if you're evaluating the the work on its its own terms, it's it's like the fact that there's possibility for grind in there and that it wasn't actively, I guess, prevented. I think that's this grounds for critique. Well, Maybe, I'm, but I think there you're going to have different players are going to hit the reaction that this is a grind, this is repetitive at a different point in the game. And so plenty of people either will be willing to do it, as uh, as several of my friends have with Diablo 3, even as they bitterly condemned the game. And I just was not sympathetic at all to them talking about a, a hard night dying over and over in order to continue grinding at the level cap. So they weren't even going to to uh, uh, level anymore. You can have that. The way up to level 60 could also be considered a grind. For some people, it's not because your level number is, is ascending and you're getting more powerful and you're seeing somewhat different battles as you move up. And so that's at least a game in its own right. Well, haven't you guys had the experience of playing Civilization? Let's, let's talk about like the original Civ with a giant map. Or playing an RTS and sort of saying, like, there's no skill here. I'm going to win. 
and it is completely brainless for me, and yet I'm doing it. I've certainly played games like that. I mean, I guess you can have the same experience with a shooter, right? Yeah, I've definitely had experiences like that with with shooters where the skill challenge itself is is less what I'm I'm doing for than to see, I guess, if I have, you know, hold out a small hope that the game designer put something in there for me that that's different. Though it's not challenging, it also only lasts for like 15 hours and then I never do it again. I, I'm sorry that I'm repeating my material already. I, I did tell you guys my GTA 3 story, right? Where I, you know, played through... The game is a lovely story and all that stuff. But I played through the game to the point where I got the tank. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I just sort of was driving down the road with a turret turned backwards, blowing a bunch of cars. And I never played the game again. <laughs> it's like, what, what, what is there after that? <laughs> well, you, you could kill all the pigeons. Yeah, well, yes, I could, and and that would not be fun. One of those things where I get frustrated with myself because I get enticed by yeah, well, the, like the max, the BFG. I got the BFG, and then you realize <laughs> the game isn't actually any more fun now that you have the BFG. And that was my disillusionment point point with uh, Morrowind after I you know lost the first part of uh, my sophomore year of college, staying home from parties to to play it, and then I got to the point where there's that tough old warrior that is on the hill that is one of the game's big challenges to, to kill and I had grinded to the point where I killed him in, in two hits and, and then looked down at myself and, and it was uh, I was in the dark wearing boxers and uh, all, all of my friends were uh, out having fun and I, uh, I, I never played it again. <laughs> so is that, is that this grind is or is it yeah. something else? <laughs> it's it's the, uh, the, the, the realization that that I've been spending my time grinding. <laughs> yeah. I learned well, I, it from you. So we're, we're using the word grind a lot, and because that's the, the topic, so that's appropriate. But I'm just, I, I'm wondering on some level if we aren't just talking about getting tired of a game. In this case, you, you talked about, essentially, you got so powerful within the game that it was obvious to you there was no, no challenge left. That's but, you but just the, ran out the, of content. For me, the, the the feeling of disgust comes from sort of like retroactively looking back at your experience and realizing that you had like a very like low grade fun experience uh, during the amount of hours that that you played, and sort of having wished you didn't do it rather than just having exhausted the content of the game. Yes, there 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 are there are things there there are things that psychologically or adrenally or whatever compel us to play through these games even though it is not our rational selves or our wives would stand back and say why would you ever want to do that I think about Half-Life 2 as a, as a contrast right the last sequence of that game they completely change a mechanic of the game around like upside down and it's yeah. freaking amazing and so like even in the last phases of the game you're having to adapt you're having to do things differently there's a story that's interesting. When the screen goes black, that's when you stop developing as a player of Half-Life 2. Yeah, you don't look back at the time having been spent as, I guess, pointless and wasted. <laughs> so uh, this comes down to, with Valve, can they ever do any wrong, aside from not bringing out Half-Life 3 on time? I think I that's just the theme of that... this podcast. <laughs> it's like, our, our heroes come a Valve. <laughs> 
Um, I I have to jet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, thanks, guys, for talking about Grind. Yeah. Well, uh, I I, this was actually an interesting subject, and I hope we actually can come back to it. Let's talk about free-to-play next next time. I think that'd be a good subject. I have to play some free-to-play games first. Yeah. World of Tanks. Come to World of Tanks. <laughs> All right. I, I got to go. Yeah. Howdy, right. Krista. Talk to you soon. Bye.